0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School,
1: this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're
2: listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, I'm the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined remotely once again via Zoom meeting by my co-host, Americus Reid, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing, and the world's only brand identity theorist. Hello, Americus.
0: Hi, Barbara. Have you been watching the uh, COVID tracking numbers? This graph is absolutely exploding now. And experts are saying this is perhaps the second or maybe the third, really, wave of this. And if you just look at the difference, Barbara, between the positivity rates and number of cases that were emerging early on when things were shut down, it is quite different in terms of much, much more of an extreme jump now. So I think right now we're in a world where we better start amping up our ability to know what to do uh, with this virus. So have you got anything for me that yeah, can know, help me really good- understand what we should be doing? Talk to me, Barbara.
2: Exactly. That's a really good show. Good idea. Why don't we do a whole show about oh, that? That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I love the way you think. I love it. Yeah, like what, you, what we should wear, how we should make marketing decisions, all sorts of that. And since those are such important questions, wouldn't it be great to confer with our, our colleagues, the experts in this area who may know something about that? I think that's a great idea, America. It's a
0: fantastic idea, Barbara.
2: Incidentally.
0: Yes, what do we have? What have you got for us? we
2: have is our first guest, our great friend, Ludovico Cesario, who's the assistant professor of marketing at the College of Business at Lehigh University and an expert on luxury and fashion and retailing. And we're delighted to have you here with us today, Ludo. Hello.
1: Hey, Barbara. Hey, Americus. Thanks for having me back. It's great to be you know, virtually with you guys.
0: It's awesome. Thanks for joining us, Ludo.
1: Of course, so, Ludo. Sister. How have you been spending your COVID domestic? Uh, <laughs> well, I have an almost one-year-old, so my oh, days have been nice. filled with baby time uh, mm. and teaching, which has been, you know, quite lovely. Um, so yeah, we've been quarantined since you know March, uh, and having him around has actually made things a lot lighter uh, and more fun. So that's been oh, quite a journey so far.
0: Well, well, listeners can't see you, Ludo, but you you look fantastic. I mean, me and Barbara, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm looking like Randy Quaid over here. <laughs> uh you know it's, it's like lord of the flies <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs>
1: well i have to dress in, up so, for you guys of no, course
0: great
2: so <laughs> well thank you <laughs> You know, but that really does bring us to an important question what should you be wearing during <laughs> covid i mean i'm wearing my pajamas i don't know about anybody else <laughs> but uh maybe that's not the right thing to do by the way i gotta mention over the weekend i went to king of prussia mall um, at first time I've been to a mall, maybe, King of Prussia mall, which is a huge mall in our area, I haven't been there in over two years, and I haven't been to any place, particularly since COVID started, but I went there over the weekend, everybody was masked up, I kept my distance from everybody, and I was, I was like in heaven, <laughs> in, in those doors yes. again, I just, yes. I felt myself just like, oh yes. my God, this is what <laughs> Um, and I got dressed up, I took off my pajamas, I put on my school but Ludo, what's your expert opinion about what we should be doing and how we dress for COVID?
1: For sure. So, well, I think America's touched on a really important point, right? The numbers right now are at a really scary point. And um, I think with this vaccine coming, right, there is light at the end of the tunnel. But this is going to be the toughest few months, I think. So we really need to hold on um, and wear those masks, right, and socially distance. I think that's the most important thing we can do until the vaccine is, you know, widely distributed and things will get better. Um, Talk about masks uh, (laughs) uh, and talk about fashion accessories. Um, masks have really become a a staple of fashion right now Um, there's this entire story. it makes me laugh Barbara that you mentioned King of Prussia because I don't know if they opened one in King of Prussia but there's this COVID-19 essentials store um, which has opened around the country it's a chain they have about eight stores right now and they only open them in high-end malls which I thought of you know, is a very interesting choice. Um, And the reason they did that is because the merchandise they sell, even though it is all COVID related, right? Masks is mainly what they sell. But then of course they have the hand sanitizers and the buttons to, you know, open and close doors. they they do charge a premium for their products. And the reason they do is because you can personalize the masks as much as you'd like. Um, so some are pre-made and some you can add anything you'd like to it from a specific phrase to sequin. Um, and so what I find interesting is that masks today uh, have become an important fashion accessory. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about how fashion houses and luxury have dealt with that in a minute. But um, specifically the fact that I think masks, uh, and I'm actually curious about America's perspective on this too, have have become a way for us to say something about our identity about who we are about the values that we cherish. So they've become i think both a status signal in a way but also Absolutely. as a way to express our inner values and our political Absolutely. views and the things we believe in and that we support. Right? right? If you just think about i don't know right before the election the amount of masks i saw here in Philly walking around that said go vote, right? Like as a reminder for people to to mm-hmm. do something that's part of your, you know, political identity. Mm-hmm. Um or whenever I see masks in support of the Black Lives Matter movement, right? I think they've become really a a way for us to express, uh, yeah, I think just the values that we really believe in um, and the fact that they're on your face and it's Mm. such a visible part of what you're Mm. wearing, uh, I think is also really important, right? Because there's a lot of research that tells us that only when consumption is public uh, rather than private do consumers really care about impression management. And so I think the fact that you know there, there's this cloth is on our face um, really makes us think about what do we want to put on it. So, so let me so
0: let, let me ask you this little and yeah. I love this and thanks for taking it into the identity domain because now I'm super excited. <laughs> <We have> <laughs> <Barbara's-> <laughs> I know, <laughs> Barbara's
1: like, I know, I know his buttons. <laughs>
0: Barbara's like, why did she say the word identity? Uh, this is interesting, right? So I mean our are, are masks the new handbag. That's question number one. And then yeah. number two, this is a huge point. I think is very interesting because you, you're very much seeing masks, two things, masks as identity symbols. And certainly if they're politicized, the lack of mask is actually also a signal.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. Let, let me well. add, let
2: me just build on giving you a chance to talk about a lot of things. I think that's interesting that he's saying masks as handbags, because in some ways I think of masks I mean, handbags is more of a luxury thing. Yeah. And I personally don't see mask as luxury, but more identity. So I wonder, you know, just to add to what America said, that's an interesting perspective. Is it a handbag or is it, you know, more like an identity?
1: I mean, I don't think the mask is gonna replace the handbag anytime soon, right? I think it's an accessory that we can wear in addition to the purse and the handbag that we carry, um, right? I don't think that the two are gonna be. Um, I don't think that one's gonna replace the other in a way, but I do. But
2: think- let me just p- push you on that a little bit because, yeah. and you really know these handbag stuff better than I do. But the handbag's not only utilitarian, which a mask obviously is as well, mm-hmm. but it really is a luxury item, you know, that I am telling you that I can afford a Chanel handbag. I suppose a mask could get to that level, like it's a Chanel mask.
1: What? Well, it can, right? If well, you has that happened, it has, right? So Louis Vuitton, especially, mm-hmm. is famous because back in September, when they launched their um, Cruise Twenty Twenty One line, um, they launched this face shield that cost nine hundred and sixty one dollars, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, right? And it it was a luxury product because it was this you know monogrammed band, and it had this visor and these gold studs with the Louis Vuitton logo. Um, so it was very conspicuous, um, and so. It, it totally makes sense, like, beyond the functionality of it. And this shield was actually super cool because the, the plastic itself was sensitive to UV light. So it would be darker if you were outside and then clear once you were inside. It could be worn as a visor hat. So it was really versatile. So there was definitely functionality to it. But I also think it was a luxury product, Ooh. right, with all of the, the things mm-hmm. that we do associate with luxury. Um, and so I think, you know, like, they, they created it because they still when they did fashion week back in September, they still wanted some influencers to attend. And they figured the only way we can make this work is if we have some kind of covering Um, and why not put, you know, our own logo on it if we can. Uh, And then it was such a success that they ended up then selling it in store about a month later.
0: Let me build on that though, because uh, it's, I love this point that Barbara's making Ludo talk about this because I had a friend on social media, Instagram, post her collection of masks that were like beautiful Mm-hmm. Ornate. See, you mentioned this. They they were high fashion items, Barbara, and I was like, wow, she's taking this in a different direction. But
2: yeah, I wonder it's to the what luxury if- or the identity is- direction exactly.
0: Exactly, and I, yeah. I'm wondering, Ludo, to what extent is there an issue uh, because it's it, you know we we do want we we want COVID to be taken very seriously. And we don't want any kind of ideology or any kind of, you know, slight kind of thing that this is trivialized. I mean, is is that part of an issue? That's question number one. And question number two for both of you guys, I'm seeing that some of these fashion designers are trying to take advantage of the combination of the lockdown and the idea of kind of do-it-yourself fashion, where they're building out their kits and they'll send you the kits, the masks. And yeah. you can kind of work on the mask yourself at home and like... Exactly. There's tie-dye masks you can do. <laughs> can Both of you guys speak on this as, as kind of an interesting disruption consequence.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll say a quick thing on this last point you just made about the um, how fashion houses are taking advantage of the lockdown to get into consumers' homes. There's this really famous New York-based brand called Colina Strada. Um, and the founder and is Hilary taymore And she sells masks for over $100. And Um, along with that, you get a tutorial on how to make your own mask at home. So not only do you buy her product, but then she gives you a chance to, you know, make make it yourself if you want to make other versions or in other colors or other fabrics. So I think that's a really smart idea when you think about it, right? Because we're locked up at home for so long. I mean, I don't know, you guys, I started crocheting. This was my new hobby I just took up in the last month. But Um, There's just so much time that we are spending in our homes and why not capitalize on our brands uh, and not only sell you more product, but find a way, I think, to engage consumers at a whole other level. And so a lot of fashion brands are really doing that um, with these, you know, DIY and tutorials. Um, I think that's that's a big trend we're seeing right now.
2: Hello, I'm Barbara Kahn with my co-host, Americus Reed. This is Marketing Matters. And we're speaking with our great friend and colleague, Ludo Cesario, who's an assistant professor of marketing at the College of Business at Lehigh University and an expert on luxury, fashion, and everything to do with apparel and retailing. And now she's talking about the changing world of masks, how masks are not only identity systems now, but they're luxury systems. I think of them also as t-shirts because you can make jokes, you can be witty, you can. Yep. It's kind Definitely. of shocking that the mask can now become like an article of clothing <laughs> or mm-hmm. identity or whatever and take on so many different roles. Mm-hmm. I, I never would have guessed that initially. I mean, were you, did you think about
1: that as soon as they started coming out? Well, to be honest, in the very beginning, if you remember when the pandemic first hit, we were actually advised not to wear masks. And that is because there was a shortage of PPE, right? And so at the very, very beginning in March, if you remember, we were told to not buy masks in bulk, right? There was, you know, crazy fear that we were not going to have them. So everybody was running to the stores to purchase them. And we were actually advised not to do it. Then once that shortage passed and actually, just as a quick side note, right, a lot of fashion brands helped with that shortage because if you remember, they converted their manufacturing plants to make gowns and to make masks in order to help the shortages in Europe and in the US. So that was something that was very important and that they did. Um, But then once masks became part of our everyday life, I think, you know, they are uncomfortable and they are in your face. So consumers and brands are trying to find a way to make the best of the situation, right? If we have to wear them, well, at least let's make them a fashion statement Let's make them um, an item that says something about who we are and the values that we believe in. Um, And so I think the mask has really evolved. And I was looking at some latest estimates. They say that by next year, the market for masks alone is going to be worth $6 billion. Whoa, which is crazy to me, right? When you think (laughs) about that, it's just wild. Um, And some, you know, uh, analysts are worried this is just a fad. But when Mm. you think about it, I'm not sure it is at this point, right? Once the the fashion houses have taken it over and it has Mm -hmm. become this accessory, Mm -hmm. um, I think consumers are really going to take advantage of it and keep using them as a way to make a statement about themselves and to say, you know, something about about something they care about um, or just, you know, what brands they love um, as a simple way to have it, like – easily displayed on their face. Yeah. You know,
2: to, a, to another port now we've talked about, let's just, let's just summarize, you know, how many different <laughs> ways we've talked about. masks cause I'm going to bring out a different way. We've talked about it as luxury, you know, a way to show off your brand. We talked about it as do it yourself, bring your brand into your house. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, um, utilitarian, you know, or identity and all that other stuff. And one thing we haven't talked about is what's the one of the biggest trends in COVID fashion is athleisure, right? And uh, doing it, you know, a- a- athletic wear. Uh, uh, Lululemon's doing well. Nike's doing well. Those are the ones that are doing well. And I just recently purchased, or actually got as a gift, an mm. Under Armour mask. Mm-hmm. And oh, Under Armour mask is fantastic for running. I okay. Mean, and uh, when you, it's fitted to your face. It fits better. It's pretty thick. And it's really easy to breathe in when you go running. I, I'm not trying to sell any underwear. <laughs> <laughs> by it my that's a
0: media. whole
2: different thing. That's, we didn't talk about that right. before. That's health and wellness. Yep. And you know, you just said NASA are big business. I personally don't see any reason this this mask is now so comfortable that mm. I could see wearing it forever because it just. First of all, it keeps me warm in the winter, mm. and second of all, you know I'd rather not get the flu when flu season Interesting. comes. Interesting, so. right, right,
0: right. Interesting. You
2: Interesting. think there's a, a chance that we're going to be wearing masks way past? That's
0: the that's the big question. Is like the big question is like what? To Barbara's point, Ludo, to help us yeah. understand is what's going to stick? What's yeah. going to be around? Like what what are the new mental models? To use yeah. a colleague's uh, favorite term. Are going to be, you know, the ones that really solidify in fashion and in the world that you are, su- are such an expert on.
1: So, yeah, I think to Barbara's point, for this not to be a fad, there has to be some compelling, enduring benefit, right? Beyond just the, I'm not going to get coronavirus in 2020. Um, and I think, you know, we have a lot to learn from Asian countries, because if you think about it, they have been wearing masks for a very long time. They wear masks if they're sick and they're going out. They wear masks, um, you know, to protect themselves from very high level levels of pollution in their cities. They wear masks, you know, they've had few pandemics, if you think about the last decade. Um, And so I think we have a lot to learn from them in the sense that there are enduring benefits to wearing masks. And if you think about, for example, the wildfires in California, right, so the idea of air pollution and protecting yourselves, um, then I can totally see a use for that in the years to come. Um, So again, as long as there is this enduring benefit beyond just currently protecting from coronavirus, and you can easily see that there are multiple benefits related to health and wellness in general, right? Mm -hmm. Because even when you're running, right, your lungs are expanding, so you're taking in so more air. And wouldn't you want to have some kind of filter to protect you from if you're running in the city, especially? So mm-hmm. I, I actually do think that this is not just a 2020 fad. And yeah. now that we've learn the benefits we're going to keep actually i can for think of so come.
2: many benefits like you said if you could put a filter in there to protect against air pollution or something like that it's not even disease but right be mm-hmm. better for running i can also think of another one to protect like that's the part of your face that ages fast <laughs> 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 if you can cover your, <laughs> your face with a younger looking chin at, you know yeah, that's that's fun,
1: right nothing no plastic surgery just put on the mask <laughs> <laughs> yeah, protect from you know, on, sunlight. The There's so many benefits that can come <laughs> from it. So for sure, I do think it's we're going to see masks for the next few years. I don't think it's a fad just for right now.
0: Interesting. <laughs> Let me ask you this though I'm seeing some uh, some conversation about a push for virtual fashion shows. And the idea that, you know, what used to be done in physical person can be done, you know, kind of in this Zoom type world and scaled up. And there's conversation about, you know, that having some kind of impact on fashion designers, uh, at least in the short term, thinking about branding and also the idea of, you know, getting access, of, you know, having more access to these kinds of, of things. Because one of the great things about Zoom is, and you obviously know this because of your teaching a little, it's like you can have 10 people or a thousand on there. Yeah. And it's pretty much the same thing. So <laughs> I'm wondering, the, the, talk a little bit about the virtual aspects of of what's going to be changing in terms of the fashion
1: world. I love that you bring this up. Um, and actually, it's it's interesting because um, even before COVID hit, so even in the couple of years before 2020, some luxury brands were doing virtual fashion shows. And of course, they had the live component, right? So they still had the influencers in the first row and, you know, celebrities. And that always happened. But some brands, and I think Chanel was one of the first, if I'm not wrong. And And Burberry, they would live stream their fashion shows, right? So for consumers Ah. and, like, just myself who wanted to see, well, what's the new collection look like, I could just tune into their Instagram. and you
2: remember Burberry did it because Angela Aarons was the CEO of Burberry, and she had them live stream with an Apple phone. And Mm. then she went on to go to Apple retail. Do you remember? Yeah was a real big connection, but that was a long time
1: ago that- they Wow,
0: that was, yeah. that was so, kind of visionary.
1: <laughs> absolutely, so luxury brands have been doing this for a few years now, okay. right? And I think okay. this year especially, I think both the spring and the fall fashion weeks were almost completely virtual. I remember Milan was completely virtual for sure because Italy was in a really bad lockdown back in, in the spring. Um, even though some fashion shows in the fall allowed you know, influencers to be there, of course, socially distanced with the Louis Vuitton you know, <laughs> shield, um, but definitely virtual, I think, has given luxury brands tons of opportunities to give more access to consumers. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting, um, you know, it's almost an oxymoron when you think mm-hmm. about it, because luxury is about exclusivity on the yeah. one hand. Mm-hmm. And so this idea of having people, you know, thousands <laughs> of people tune into your live stream, you would think yeah. takes away from the exclusivity of the, of the experience. But I actually think it doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. I actually think it enriches the brand experience and gives mm-hmm. consumers, you know, touch points and access to um, basically the dream that is luxury, right? When you think about it. It does make the in-person even more special though. Absolutely. Right. So for those few who could be there, well, before COVID, um, you know, it felt because, of course, in person, I'm sure feels different. Right. Like you're oh. in the atmosphere, you're sitting in the first row like it's or not even the first row, you're just sitting there and you're seeing the models mm-hmm. walk on the runway. It, it's a whole other experience. But for us, you know, mortals who can't be there, it does give us a glimpse into this dream world, Um and I remember I've watched a few, and it is mesmerizing, right? It really gives you a glimpse because it's very different from when you see the clothes in the store, right? The, the fashion show gives you the vision. Um, it's the vision mm-hmm. for the brand. It's, it's, it's what's to oh, come in fashion. Um, and so I think it's really neat that now they can use virtual and whether it's Zoom or live on Instagram to give consumers that kind of access.
2: I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm here with my co-host, America's Reed. This is Marketing Matters. And we're talking with Ludo Cesario, who's an assistant professor of marketing at the College of Business, Lehigh University, about COVID fashion, about fashion shows in the in the world of COVID, masks in the world of COVID. And now let me follow up on something, Ludo, that America said that I'm interested in, which is what a lot of people are now talking about with the vaccine around the corner is what's going to happen next when we come out of the COVID world. And what I'm curious about is seriously most of us are wearing athleisure if not you know pajamas all day long I have not taken my sneakers off since COVID started (laughs) yeah how much of this fashion change do you see persisting once we don't have to be quarantined
1: yeah, so I think it's going to take a couple of years for fashion and luxury specifically to get back to pre-covid levels, right? Especially if you look at, you know, retail estimates nobody says that luxury will... First of all, luxury is in its worst recession since 2009. So this year has been really bad for luxury. Um, and and they do estimate that it will take two to three years for luxury to recover. Now, I, I do think that, you know, even though right now we're all wearing, you know, sweatpants and sneakers, that there is this desire to go back to normal or to go back to living the lives that we lived before, where we interacted with, pe- with people, we went to the office, right? We did normal things, And so I think that the fashion itself will continue to move forward, even though right now there's this bit of a hiatus. Um, I actually think in the next few years, we're still going to see a push towards, you know, new items and new clothing ideas. And the luxury houses are always going to push those boundaries because that's what they do, right? They're going to keep pushing forward uh, regardless of this year. So it's just going to be a matter of sales catching back up to where they would have been. Uh, but I think the fashion itself hasn't really started. Stopped. You Look know, it's interesting. Question question well. so.
2: I I was in uh, King of precious I mentioned, this weekend. And there was a long line outside of Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Um, longer than there was a little bit of a line outside of Gucci, um, but a very long line out of Louis Vuitton. You wouldn't happen to know what they were all waiting for, would you?
1: <laughs> Not one product specifically, but one thing I do want to mention. So, you know, in a, we're imagine right now we're they say we're in the worst recession since two thousand nine, right? So. Would you expect luxury sales um, or, or conspicuous luxury sales to go down or not in a recession?
2: Well, I mean, I know that luxury—it's per- it, nuance because some of the luxury has gone up. Like I know Neiman Marcus has done customized experiences, somewhat digital, and things mm-hmm. like that for the very elite luxury. And I know some of that has gone up. So the idea that you and the idea that you can do something special in COVID becomes even more mm-hmm. the, the domain of the very, very rich and they take advantage of it. So you yeah. can imagine that the um, conspicuous social luxury where you walk around and everybody sees right. that you have a that's what I guess Americans is talking about. Mm-hmm. And that has to go down because people can't see you as much. Right.
1: Right. That's so I would true. imagine it's splintered. There's different... So in reality, right, the the actual research that has been done on this says that conspicuous consumption increases in times of a recession. Mm. And it's completely counterintuitive when you think about it, but I think the explanation makes total sense. And it's because the types of consumers who buy conspicuous luxury have the financial means clearly to afford the product, but they're also high in need for status. So they are they need to show off that they can afford it. But that's it. in a recession where
2: you're not in COVID. So you're talking about past recessions In COVID, yeah. you can't
1: show. Well, in COVID, you can't show, of course, but I think that though. But then why is there a line in front of Louis Vuitton, right? right? I have to right. consumers- do that.
2: <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> well, I think, I think the point here, if you can confirm this or not, Ludo, is that those high status, high need status consumers We'll find, we'll figure out new ways.
1: And that's where the Louis Vuitton shield comes in. Yes. That's where the Louis Vuitton shield makes sense because those consumers that need to still show that they can afford those products are willing to pay the 900 plus dollars for the Louis Vuitton branded shield, the consumer who is high wealth, but not high in need for status, right? They're secure of where they stand in the social ladder, doesn't need to do that. And so there's no need to purchase the Louis Vuitton, you know, conspicuously branded shield because they have, they know that they're in that echelon of people who understands, you know, the subtle signals of luxury. Um, And so I think that's why it makes it so interesting and why the Louis Vuitton shield makes complete sense um, on their part. Yeah,
2: really makes sense. Pretty interesting times. And it's really nice that the um, vaccine is on its way and we're maybe getting back to new normal. We can all see for ourselves what the fashion will be post-COVID. Anyway, Ludo, thank you so much for joining us today. And where can listeners go to hear about your research and your work?
1: Um, well, they can go to my website, ludovicachesario.com. You can find all of my latest research, all the media interviews I do. Everything is there. Cool.
2: Great. You've been a wonderful guest and you must come back soon.
0: Thanks so much. <laughs> of course, I would really love to. Thank you. Thank you
1: guys for having
2: me. This is Marketing Matters Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.
1: For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.